This episode is brought to you by Basque Bank. Did you know a Basque interest savings account earns 15 times the national average interest rate at 3.6% APY? At Basque Bank, you'll experience zero monthly account fees, fast and easy setup, friendly customer service, and it's FDIC insured. A Basque savings account out earns others so that your savings can take you farther. Check the episode show notes to learn how you can open a Basque savings account today. Now let's get to the episode. Hey guys, it's RJ and Angie, and this is the Rich by Intention podcast. Our guest today is Chloe Daniels. Chloe is a money coach focused on helping people learn how to invest and build wealth the lazy way. She's been featured on CNBC Acorns, Entrepreneur, Bloomberg, Business Insider, Time, and more. Her ultimate goal is to provide education in a fun, easy to understand, and accessible way. In this episode, we discuss how anyone can get started investing and why you should be building wealth the lazy way. As always, thank you for tuning into this episode. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Be sure to get our free couples money starter kit. The link is in the show notes. Hey, Glow. What's up, Glow? Hey, hey. It's so good to see you guys. I feel like I'm just like hanging out with my friends today. I know. Well, you are. We are your friends. Yes. You're our friend. So, you know, we're so happy to finally have you on our podcast. Just so appreciative of you joining us today. So, you know, I'll just get right into it, Chloe. Like, for Let's those, do it. For those who may not know you, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I am Chloe, better known as Chloe Bear Money Coach on the internet. I'm pretty well known for my dancing reels and TikToks where I'm also sharing financial advice. And to be fair, dancing is like a very nice way of putting it. I don't really know if what we would consider what I do dancing or not, or more, more so attempting to dance. But the reason I do it is just because it's fun. It's unexpected, unexpected. It's authentic. And, you know, people often associate finances with like anxiety and stress and like old white men in suits. So it's like to come on and be a completely different energy in the space has been really cool. And luckily a lot of people resonate with that. So that's kind of what I do on the internet. I also have a podcast now, which I'm going to get Angie and RJ over on soon. It's called the money bear, but yeah, that's, that's who I am. I focus on teaching people how to invest the lazy way. Yes. And we'll definitely get into that. You know, Chloe, you know, we we are huge fans of Bear <laughs> and all your dance moves. You know, you you what I love about you is that you bring such a smile to, I think, a lot of people's faces, you know, like especially like you said, finances can give a lot of people anxiety. Mm-hmm. And not only that, social media can give people anxiety. And so, yeah. you know, when you just have someone like yourself just pop up on the screen in the middle of the day, it just really brightens your day. And I think that's why people love you so much. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's inter- it's entertaining, but it's also informational, which is a nice blend mm-hmm. uh, of effectively using you know social media. Because a lot of times, sometimes stuff can be just so wasteful of your time. But this is you know fun, yes. but educational. Yes. Thanks. Yeah. That's definitely what I try to do. And I always love it when people are like, I have to watch it like two or three times because the first time (laughs) I'm watching for the dance moves, the second time I'm analyzing your facial expressions. And then the third time I'm actually (laughs) reading, reading the information. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So I'm curious, like what even led you down the path to, you know, be this social media dancer, financial guru, like whatever you want to call it, like what led you down this path to create Clover? 
Yeah. So Clobear actually started out as a blog back in September, 2017, and it had nothing to do with personal finance. It was like a mental health and relationships and personal growth blog that no one read. And I was really doing it as a way to hold myself accountable for some therapy that I was going through then. And it was like some pretty heavy trauma therapy that I was new to. And I was like, you know, I'm going to share this online just because like, I know that will keep me accountable. You know, it'll make sure that I keep doing the work and I keep going and I keep like stretching and growing and all that stuff. And I got a very, very, very small following from that. I think at the time, like maybe a thousand, 1600 people or so followed it. And, uh, eventually got to the point as I, you know, kept healing and growing and learning. I was like, you know what? I have tackled this mental health stuff. I've tackled this personal finance stuff, but I'm still really, really bad with money. And we all know that mental health and money are directly tied. You know, if your mental health isn't great, sometimes your finances aren't great. And if your finances aren't great, your mental health probably isn't too great because of all the stress and anxiety that it brings. And so I decided, you know what? I The big thing with the blog was always addressing my issues head on. And so it was like, I feel like a fraud if I don't address this issue. And so I was like, all right, screw it. We're going to start a personal finance journey. And so in October, 2018, that is when I decided, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to attempt to pay off my student loan debt. That was the thing for me. It was all focusing on like debt freedom, all that stuff. Cause I didn't even know what investing was. And I certainly didn't think I was ever going to be an investor. Like, Oh, there's the kitten just getting onto the laptop. For everyone everyone who's listening, I got a kitten yesterday and he is, his name is Cash and he is Henri and he's like, I I need attention. Right? (laughs) Oh my God. So cute. He's very cute. (laughs) Yeah. He was like, I need you guys to know what's up. And it's me. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, at the time, like I said, my only goal was really to focus on debt freedom and learning how to budget. And so I started doing the same thing that I had essentially done with Clobear for a while. And it was putting all my dirty laundry out on the internet. And so I started sharing my budget every single month and all the things that I spent my money on. And then I would like kind of work through it and be like, wow, I spent a lot of money on eating out. I spent a lot of money on entertainment. You know, here's what I'm going to do next time to see if this works any better. And because of that, again, it was like that accountability focus, but you know, once you dive in and you start to realize that money is actually a tool and you can decide to control it in a way that benefits you rather than constantly being stressed. I mean, I became obsessed. I just started reading every personal finance blog I could get my hands on, you know, following all the people on the internet. And it wasn't until 2021 that I decided to be, you know what, I think I'm going to turn Clobear into Clobear Money Coach and I'm going to only post about personal finance content. So that's kind of been the journey of when I got my finances together, it was the biggest thing I ever did for myself. It was like, I've never felt more empowered, more like in control, more at ease, more at peace, more aligned than when I figured out how to work my money. Because like, it's such a big, it's such a big role in everything we do and every decision we make and getting it together. It was just like, I don't feel trapped anymore, you know? So when I felt that way, I was like, I want other people to feel that way. And so that's when I decided let's just start posting about this. And I didn't originally post thinking like, oh, this is going to turn into my full-time job. 
But once it started to get traction around my birthday in 2021, it was May, 2021. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go all in on this. I'm going to try really, really hard to make this a thing because like, why not me? Like, why not? You know, everybody, like all these influencers and content creators that I envy, why can't I do it? Why can't I at least try? And so I was like, screw it. Let's try. And then, you know, what March to between March and October, I was able to quit my job. And now I do this full time. Amazing. Wow. I mean, oh, I, re- wild. <laughs> I remember seeing that evolution, if you will, like, like this, it's only 2022 still, right? <laughs> Last know. year, I right. remember seeing that change. And I'm like, the growth that you, you've been able to accomplish is just so amazing, Chloe. Like, you know, we've been in qu- classes together. <laughs> And whatnot, working towards different things together and like just seeing just the the milestones that you've achieved in such a short amount of time is just so inspirational. And so, you you know, I want to talk about, you know, you said that you started your financial journey, you know, started you started a debt free journey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure you paid off your debt, but now. You, your platform really focuses on investing. And yep. so how, what was that transition like? Because you said something that was very important. You didn't think investing was for you. So mm-hmm. can you just talk, talk to us a little bit about how you went from, you know, this debt freedom journey to now pursuing investing? Yeah. So when I started out, you know, I had heard about debt freedom because I was so overwhelmed with my student loans and thought that like I was going to be paying those off forever. And I had seen my parents struggle with debt as well. So I was like very well versed in like the, the narrative that debt is bad. Debt is bad. Debt, you are trapped. And so to me, the solution to my problems back in 2018 had nothing to do with wealth building It had everything to do. Let's get free of this debt And then I can like travel the world and do whatever I want. Not any plan in mind for retirement or, you know, saving money or investing money. And so I started with that in mind and I started putting like $2,000 a month on my student loans. And I was able to put down $40,000 on my debt in two years. And so by... 2020, because I had spent so much time reading about personal finance, there'd always be a point in a blog or whatever I was reading that was talking about investing. And what would I do? I would put my blinders on and be like, that's not for me. That's I'm not smart enough for this. This is not for me. I'm just going to focus on the debt freedom thing because, you know, I think at every level that we go in life in general, but especially with our finances, it's like when there's something new and scary that you have to like take on, it's like, no, it's easier for me to just keep doing what I'm doing. Cause I know I'm making some kind of progress, but I didn't realize that, you know, especially being in my twenties, the kind of impact I would have if I had decided, okay, let's stop being afraid and learn how to do this and start investing now. So by the time 2020 rolled around, I was like, all right, Chloe, All the literature is pointing to stop trying to pay off your low interest debt so aggressively. It was at like 3.54%. I was like, what are you doing? Instead, you need to be investing and you need to have a bigger emergency fund. (laughs) And so in 2020, that's when I decided to shift gears. I was terrified. I was terrified to stop putting two grand a month onto my debt because to me, that was like security, that was safety. And then this big stock market thing was so unknown, so scary. But I was like, you know what? We have to do it. Let's try. Let's at least try. That's a big mantra in my life. It's like, let's just try because trying is a lot different than just like, yeah, I'm going all in. 
And like trying allows you to make mistakes and allows you to just like attempt something without like this expectation of being perfect. And so that's what I did. I was like, I'm going to try. And so I first, I focused, I upped my 401k just because it was like, that was the easy thing to do. And then I focused while I was upping my 401k, I focused on building an emergency fund because obviously 2020 is when all, all the things broke loose. And I was like, Ooh, I should probably have more than a couple thousand dollars for an emergency fund. And then I started really aggressively putting away money into my 401k. And then a, I think I did a Roth or a traditional IRA that year. So, and from there, it's just, you know, ballooned where it's now I focus on putting away as much as I possibly can in my investments. I love it. And as you were speaking, you know, to your point, just like, just try, I live by the mantra. I never want to look back and say, what if? You know, if I didn't do that. And so like, you know, that thing, like, I'm always like, let me just do it because I never 20 years from now, I don't want to say what if, let me just attempt Mm -hmm. it. And so you're on this journey, you learn about investing, you know, can you just tell me like, why, like from, from what you've read, why is investing so powerful? compared to paying down debt. Very curious to hear. Right. Debt is absolutely, paying down debt is absolutely powerful in terms of like your monthly cash flow and things like that. And also opening up your ability to take out, you know, lines of credit in the future if you need to, or allowing yourself to purchase a home. But debt is getting you to zero. Like debt is getting you to like, I have no debt. It's it's bringing you to the zero line, but it is not going to help you get to the positive net worth or the, you know, the, the kind of wealth building you need to be able to retire early. And so when I got to that point and I was like, I'm, t- I think I started this journey when I was like 27 years old or 28 years old. And you have so much time in the stock market to recover from mistakes, all of those things when you're 27 years old. And so I couldn't keep ignoring the fact that my dollar invested today is going to be so much more powerful invested in the stock market than a dollar paying down this debt that's at a 3.54% interest rate. So that was one part. But then the other part was just I want to focus on building my net worth. I want to focus on collecting more. I want to focus on wealth accumulation. And while debt freedom is actually a part of that, of course, it's not the full picture. And for me, when I was like, all right, cash flow is not an issue for me. I'm not, you know, living paycheck to paycheck. I've got plenty left over each month. I can afford my student loan payments. What I need to get ahead and to have the option of ever retiring, especially retiring early is I need to be investing. And so that's really where it was like, if you want to retire, I started out wanting to like retire early. I don't really care about that anymore now that I work for Clobear full-time, but I wanted to retire in like 10 years. And I was not going to do that if I was focusing all my energy on being debt-free. I had to start investing as soon as possible. So once I was able to get those payments down to, I think they're like $600 a month and they're at a 3.54% interest rate, I was like, all right, this is going to coast. We're going to let this coast until I think it's 2025 is when I'll be paid off completely. But now with the education that I have, knowing that my money's working a lot harder for me in the stock market, I'm like, it's a no brainer for me. There are times where it's tempting when I see like my emergency fund, or I see like a bunch of cash in my bank account. I'm like, I could wipe out my student loans like three or four times, like just like that in a minute. But I'm like, but it doesn't make sense. And any extra money that I have right now is going to go into the stock market. I definitely hear what you're saying. And I think it really is a balance, right? Because like you said, debt being paying off debt and having a debt payoff plan is very important in your financial journey. But I think oftentimes, especially a few years ago, that was kind of the debt freedom movement was 
drowned out the need for investing, right? Like it drowned out, you know, the power of investing and why people need to invest. And so I think now there's been almost like a paradigm shift, if you will, where people are starting to know and get educated that investing is really important for their future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we always, for us, even when we are on our, you know, debt free journey, you know, we still invested in Mm -hmm. our retirement accounts. We still Mm -hmm. invested. Right. And, you know, during that time, it was always like, you know, stop investing, stop doing this and everything. (laughs) It's like, it's like there's so much free money on the table. So you got to take advantage of it and everything. So, (laughs) so it's definitely, as Angie said, you know, it's been a change and people are getting more educated about investing in general. And 2020 is probably the biggest catalyst because it gave people opportunity to learn. Oh, for sure. And I just think about too, with debt freedom, I think in general, it's so easy to be really black and white about this stuff where it's like, you only focus on debt. You stop everything else and you only tackle this one thing because that's a much easier message and a clear message than, yeah, you can invest a little bit and then you can also pay off your debt a little bit. And then you can also be saving for your emergency fund at one time. It's a lot more nuanced than just like, just to tackle your debt. That is a genius marketing plan. That is a genius like way of making things really effective and easy for people to follow, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the best way all of the time. And like, everybody's different. I'm all for simplifying and making sure you're doing what's best for you. And everybody's scenario is going to be a little bit different, but that's why the one message of debt free at all costs just isn't really an accurate story. You know, it's like the, the, I'm sure you guys get it on online all the time of people want an answer. They want to be told, what do I do? Here's two sentences about me and my situation. Tell me what to do. And it's like, I don't know you. I don't know your situation. I can't tell you do this, this, and this. And like, if I could, that would make our messaging a lot easier. And I'm sure people would like that a lot better, but like, that's ethically, I don't feel good about that. You know, everybody's situation is different. And like what I'm doing does not necessarily mean it's the right thing for everybody to do. It's a nuanced approach. So people always get, it depends. And they're like, gosh, darn it. Just tell me what to do. Yeah. I mean, personal finance is personal. I mean, and, yeah. you know, you have to take all the knowledge and information that you receive and make the best decision for your unique situation. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think what you said earlier, you know, investing can be overwhelming, like figuring out, trying to figure it out and be like, whoa, when, whereas debt free, like, oh, let me pay off. This debt is a lot easier to, you know, get to versus having to re-educate yourself around investing and all of the lingo and the language. It can be intimidating, I think, for a lot of people. Oh, 100%. And the thing is with debt freedom, you just see the number go down. There is no fluctuation. It's like a sure, it's like a straight path. Whereas with investing, you may see the money go up. You may see the money go down. And that's a hard pill to swallow when you're new in the finance space. It's like, it's not just, oh, I put money in and it grows. It's like, no, it's going to go up and down and up and down. And eventually it will grow, but it takes a lot more time. Yeah. And and also we know from like a human, like psychology standpoint, you know, when your money's down, you feel it twice as much as when, you know, your money's up. So it is really unique. And it's, it's sometimes it's hard to navigate that, but, you know, you have your own concept of investing that you put together called lazy investing. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? Yeah. So when I first started investing, I remember thinking that it was this really complicated thing that would take a lot of time. And whenever I would think about an investor, I would always think of like the guys on Wall Street, just like screaming at each other and running around with the headsets. And 
that wasn't something that appealed to me at all. And I don't think it's something that appeals to most people. Most of us have jobs, maybe a side hustle, maybe a family, maybe you're building a house, all these different things that are going on that the last thing we want to be doing is like trying to study the stock market in the way that these Wall Street bros are doing. And I think that's why so many people immediately go like, oh, I'll just use a financial advisor thinking I need to do the Wall Street approach in order to be successful, but I can't do that. So let me hire this person. And so when I started learning about it, I was like, wow, you can actually be an incredibly effective investor doing very, very, very little work. And there are very few times in life where we get rewarded for being lazy. But investing is one of the times we really do. And so the kind of investing that I teach is really focusing on automating things for people because who has time for anything manual, making things simplified and making it easy through index funds. So index funds essentially is like the easy button when it comes to investing in the stock market, because the idea behind it is instead of trying to beat the market like the Wall Street bros who are trying to buy and sell and buy and sell and buy and sell, you are just buying the entire market or a segment of the market and you are holding on. That's it. That's all you are doing. And what's amazing about that is people don't realize when you're trying to pick individual stocks, you're constantly gambling. You're trying to look at like, ooh, what is this one going to do? How am I like, maybe this one's going to do really well in the next six to 12 months or, you know, you're constantly gambling. But when you're buying something like an index fund, and we talk about the S&P 500 index fund a lot. The S&P 500 index contains 500 of the largest companies in the U.S. inside of it, the biggest, baddest companies in the U.S. inside of it. And the cool part is you can purchase that. And if one of those companies inside of the S&P 500 is suddenly not performing anymore, you don't have to do anything. The S&P 500 is going to kick them out and put in a better company. And you didn't have to do any of this stock picking or trying to figure out which one of those companies is going to underperform. So that is why I consider it lazy is because All you got to do is buy it and set it on autopilot. Love it. And I mean, to your point, like doing it the lazy way is the way to go. And you, you rarely get rewarded for being lazy. And so, you know, I think a lot of times people think investing is, you know, what it looks like. I'm like, uh, what, what's that movie? Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they think, you know, they have all the guys, the bros in the on the uh, stock trader floor and whatnot, and they're picking stocks and and everything. But there really is an easier path that people can follow, and it's very straightforward. And you teach all about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And it's, that's the thing is like, there's so many things we have to be focusing. We do not need the stock market to be something that you're focusing on. You can build wealth and actually do better than most of the guys who are picking things on wall street by just buying and holding, literally doing nothing. And then when you even compare the time value of it, where you're like the amount of time I'm putting in versus the amount of time these guys are putting in, it's like, they're getting paid minimum wage in comparison, because it's like, all you had to do is spend 10 minutes picking an index fund and chilling for the rest of your life, essentially. So there's been studies after studies done on these as well. And over and over again, they do better than people who are trying to actively manage and and time the market. Yeah, no. So I guess, you know, a lot of people honestly just don't know where it's where to start when it comes to investing. And I think that kind of holds people back because they just don't know where to go. Like, okay, so Chloe, you say uh, invest in index funds and the S&P 500, but how do I even start that? Right, right. Well, there's a lot of different ways. So essentially, if you are brand new, you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I want to get started right freaking now, there's a couple of things you could do. You can 
try a robo advisor. Robo advisors are not my favorite, but what I will say is they are easy and they're going to get you started immediately. So you're going to pay a fee, but it's not going to be nearly as high as what you would pay a financial advisor. And robo advisors, guess what they're investing in? Index funds, index funds, all Betterment, all M1 Finance's portfolios, all uh, Wealthfront, all of those robo-advisors out there are investing in index funds and they're doing it for you. So essentially what you do is you take a survey, you give them information about yourself, and then they spit out a portfolio based off of your age, your goals, and your risk tolerance and things along those lines. And all you had to do is fill out that survey and say, I want to put $100 in a month to whatever account you're using. So that's one option. Usually you're going to pay a fee. So the fees can be as much as 0.25% of the whole portfolio, or I've seen some that are more the subscription model that are anywhere from 5 to $10 a month. That's why they're not my number one favorite way to invest. But I think the thing that keeps people from getting started is not knowing how to do it, not knowing what to buy. And this will get you started while you still don't know those things, while you're still educating yourself. Because What I really want is for people to just get started, get started and then figure it out later. You can always leave the robo-advisor while you're spending a year or two years or six months just learning how to invest your own way. And then you can pull that money out and put it into a Vanguard or a Fidelity. So that's one way to get started if you're literally like, I don't know what to do. The other way is um, target date funds. So target date funds, especially in I'll give a caveat here. Some target date funds are crap. Some are filled with actively managed mutual funds. They're not good. The ones that I have seen that I like are the Vanguard target date funds. So Vanguard is like the daddy of index funds. They're the original, like the original index fund uh, creators and Jack Bogle is daddy of all index funds. What I like about Vanguard's target date funds is that inside of their target date funds are just index funds. So essentially what they put together is kind of like an expanded three fund portfolio where you purchase a target date fund for, let's say you want to retire in 2060. You'll literally just pick target date fund 2060. And then inside of that target date fund, you're going to have a bunch of different index funds. They're going to automatically reallocate the closer you get to that date. So If you're retiring in 2060, which is 40 years down the road, you're probably going to be like 90% stocks inside of there and maybe 10% bonds inside of there. But the closer you get to 2060, that fund is going to automatically shift from stocks to bonds. So for example, we're in, let's say we're in 2050 and you're like, you're still in that target date 2060 fund. Instead of it being 90% stocks, it'll probably be like 70 or 60% stocks and then a lot more bonds inside of it. And again, you didn't have to do anything. The only thing you had to do was pick the date that you wanted to retire. So again, they are not perfect. I will say target date funds uh, have often a little bit more international, a little bit more bonds uh, inside of it than I would probably personally do. But it's because they're creating a blanket solution for everybody who wants to retire at a certain time. So they are not as customizable as if you were designing your own portfolio. But again, they solve the issue of, I listened to a 30-minute podcast episode, but I still don't know what to pick. Here is an option. Here's something you could literally do after listening to this podcast episode to go and get yourself started while you're still learning. So those are probably the two options that I recommend for people who are like, you know, very, very, very limited knowledge, but they want to get started. And then eventually I always say, continue your education so that eventually you can decide, do I want to stay in this target date fund or do I want to do something different? 
Yeah, there's so much information, you know, on the internet now about investing. Investing in general has been democratized. So the fees are not what it used to be like in the 90s, 80s, 70s, so on. So, you know, you a lot of times you get so much information and you're like, I don't know what to do. So, you know, making it simple for you to actually get started, because that's the number one reason why people don't build wealth is that they actually never get started. So just getting $10 or $20 or $50 a month, you know, over time, you can increase that. You can decide to build your own portfolio. You can start working with an advisor. You can you can do so many things when it comes to investing. So it's just important that you just get started. No, I completely agree. It's one of those things where it's like, you have to stop letting, like I said earlier, one of my mantras is let's just try it. Just try it. Set up that $20 automatic reoccurring transaction into a target date fund or into a robo advisor. And it's like, at least you have gotten started, which is so much more than a lot of people ever have. So it's one of those things where you're buying yourself time to continue learning. And then you can go make your three fund portfolio all by yourself and pay less in fees. And I want to mention because, you know, a lot of times we think we're so young. If we're in our 20s, like mid 20s, late 20s, early 30s, we're like, oh, I have more than enough time to invest. And I get it, right? Like our generation, millennial generation, we're burdened like with student loan debt, you know, just crisis after crisis has occurred mm-hmm. in our lifetime. And it's like, I get it, but this is so important for your future. So if you can just find that 10, 20, in your budget every month to just start that investment journey. It's so important to start thinking about your later years today. 100%. And like, I think one of the mindset hacks you have to think of if you are struggling to find that $20, $30, $40, whatever it is, is like, if all of a sudden we had a new 10% tax, you would find a way to pay for that. If all of a sudden your water bill went up $50 and you had no other options, you would find a way to pay for that. So you really do need to treat your investing non-negotiably like you do your other expenses. It's just, we aren't really wired to think that way because I think for so long, you know, our parents' generation or really more our grandparents' generation, the burden of saving for your own retirement was not on you. The burden was on the government. The burden was on your employer because people back then used to stay at an employer for a lifetime and then they got rewarded with a pension. We do not have that privilege anymore. So it's like you have to understand that if you ever want to stop working, investing is not optional. You have to do it. And it's like, if you treat it that way in the same way that your rent is non-negotiable, that'll probably allow people to do a little bit more and and to make sure that you stick with it. Yeah. Treat it like a bill. Yeah. Like a bill. You know, Chloe, you are making investing education so accessible to people. And so, you know, we just encourage our listeners to really take this seriously, because like you said, no one's here to help us. No one's coming for us. Social security isn't guaranteed. We no longer have those pensions. Like you said, it's up to us to figure out to to basically help our future self. Right. We Mm -hmm. we have to prepare for our future self and do what we can today to make sure that we're going to be good 30, 40 years from now. Yeah. And you may be you may turn 50 and you're like, I want to stop working. Right. And if you never did, if you're 30 today, like. 20 years ago, if you never did what you're supposed to do, which is start investing, now you like 
you're you're forced to continue working. So just think about, right. you know, because we change every single day what our thoughts are, what we want to do. So it's like at 50, you don't know what you're going to be thinking. So it's just more of like start yeah. today so that in the future yeah. you have the choice to make the decision that's best for you. Right. Well, and the thing is, there is such thing as being forced to not work anymore. Like we, I think so many millennials, I remember before I got into this space and got into personal finance, we'd always joke about how I'm never going to retire. I'm just going to work until I die. And it's like, you don't, you don't know at that age that ageism exists, that health is a huge issue. And there's just no guarantee that you'll even be allowed or able to keep working. So it's like, you can't expect that you're going to be able to work until you're 78. Like that's the likelihood of that is probably pretty slim and you're probably not going to want to do that. So I definitely agree with that. And I do want to make a note for anybody who's listening, who is, you know, in their forties, in their fifties and, you know, in a later age and they're like, ah, crap, I missed the boat. It's like, no, even if you're getting started in 30, 40, 50, whatever, whatever you're doing is going to help your future self. It's not like all is lost. There's no reason for, I might as well just keep yellowing my, you know, money and, and hope it all works out. It, whatever age you're getting started, it still absolutely counts. Sure. Maybe you're not going to have enough to retire completely someday, depending on how much you're able to invest between now and when you retire. But like, maybe you'll be able to relax a little bit. Maybe you'll be able to go part-time. So I always want to encourage people that it doesn't matter, even if you're 50 years old. I have people in my Lazy Investors course who are in their 50s, late 50s, who are just getting started with investing. And it's like, no matter what, you are still setting yourself up for a better future than if you had just decided, I'll just live off of social security. No, Chloe, you've dropped a lot of gems on this episode. <laughs> we are so appreciative of you just sharing your knowledge. And like I said, just making investing education just truly accessible and reachable to the masses. You're doing a fantastic job on your platform. Yes, and, you. you know, we've been followers of you for a long time. And so we'll keep on following and just love what you're doing. Yeah. Same to you guys. Thank you guys for having me on today. You know, I love talking about myself and money. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So for our listeners, where can they connect with you and learn more about your lazy investing course? Yes. So I do have a free class every month. Uh, it's usually the last Monday or Tuesday at the end of the month. And that is available at the lazyinvestorscourse.com slash webinar. I probably should create a better link for it because that is a mouthful, but that's uh, the lazyinvestorscourse.com slash webinar. Uh, I also have a free guide. So that's available at the lazyinvestorscourse.com slash guide. And you can find me on all the social medias at Clobear Money Coach. Bear is spelled B-A-R-E just something to note, but yeah, I'm most active on Instagram and TikTok. So I'll see you guys there. Yep. And we'll have all of those links in the show notes for anyone who wants to follow up with Chloe. So thank you again, Chloe, for coming on. So happy that you could join us today. Yes. Thanks for having me guys. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at Rich by Intention for money tips and inspiration.